4: That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN.
3: What's going on, everybody? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and new customers can bet five bucks on any team and get a hundred dollars in free bets, no matter what. Don't wait; this is an exclusive offer. And soon, download the app and use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. Available to play in select states. Must be twenty-one. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. But see DraftKings.com for full details. On that, Stormy Bonantoni and Sean King in for Mitch and Polly today as we welcome you in to follow the money live from downtown Las Vegas at Circa Resort and Casino. And so wanted to talk uh, about a few NFL teams here right off the top that, you know, were they made the playoffs last year, mm-hmm. but are favored to miss the postseason coming into 2022, vice versa as well. And I'm laughing here because one of those teams in the AFC is the Las Vegas Raiders. Plus 330 to make the playoffs this season. And in the break, as we are coming into this segment, Sean King looks me dead in the eye and says, I really liked the Raiders until I saw Derek Carr had no tan. Right. So that's why you're f- fading the Raiders. Because yeah, like, Derek I Carr mean, doesn't been- get his sunlight and vitamin
2: D. It yeah, was even indoors. I mean, I've been in Vegas since the season. It's been hot.
3: Yeah, that's why you don't go outside.
2: You know, real, real men go outside.
3: Come on. Yeah, you got to
2: go out. You got to embrace the heat.
3: Get, get off my lawn with that one. No, thank you. I like the Raiders to make the postseason again. I honestly think that one of the interesting propositions um, available on DraftKings Sportsbook is will any division have four teams to make the postseason? And of course, there's that worry that in the, a division like this, that everybody's going to beat each other up type of a thing. But 12 to 1 odds, I could see the Raiders sneaking in and they're getting no love in the division.
2: I wouldn't talk anybody out of backing the Raiders. I mean they added Chandler Jones, they added Devontae Adams, or you get Josh Jacobs in a contract year, and yet they're still the longest price by the guys that make a living being right, you know, when it comes to projecting, you know, how things are gonna play out. They're still the longest odds in the division. They still plus three thirty not to make the playoffs. I mean, it's almost telling you To
3: make it, to make it.
2: To make it, yeah. oh, okay, okay, I misread that. I misread that.
3: They're favored to miss it.
2: Ah, uh, I don't know. You don't I, I just, like
3: that. I love that.
2: I just all four teams get in in the AFC West.
3: Or we have, I mean, the Chargers didn't make it last year because of all those close games that they missed an opportunity on. The Raiders snuck in because they had some wins that nobody expected them to. They beat the Cowboys on that. That holiday game, they beat the Chargers, that final game of the season.
2: I'll be honest. I don't have a strong opinion okay. on the Raiders. well, and Just because Josh McDaniels, I'm not exactly sure.
3: That's valid. That's valid. You know, like, Offensive they- mind, though. I think that it'll be a positive. But
2: but are they going to be conservative like New England and, and like be this team that runs the ball and plays defense? Like it's
3: no, but you that's, can't. but
2: that's the game. He's you been calling with
3: the weapons right that are available offensively to be conservative. You cannot,
2: I agree with that 100%. But
3: if I know you cannot, Josh, McHano the last knows couple
2: years we've been watching him call plays, you know? Yeah, so I just, because I want to see how this under yeah. the
3: Bill Belichick guys. Now he's the, he's oh. the man in charge. Now
2: Raiders is definitely a uh, new England West.
3: You're not wrong about that. Yes. Listen, the interesting thing about markets like this is just remember, by week four, anything can happen. With injuries, um, what we think is a strong schedule could ease up. So take all this with a little bit of a a grain of salt. I don't have a ton of very strong takes in these markets. One, I've talked about a lot. Cardinals to miss the postseason is a bet that I absolutely love, and it continues to get juiced to high heaven. It's minus 150, minus 160. At a lot of books now. Um, I bet it when it was minus 120 and it has just gone up and up and up.
2: Ah, you probably haven't. I'm not all the way in on that one.
3: All right. Yeah. Well, I don't need your opinion on I'm that just one. We'll move on to the starving. next one. <laughs> when
2: you reward bad behavior with more money, it, the behavior doesn't generally change.
3: That's why I think they're going to be bad. Right. They're going to miss the playoffs. Right. So you are with me. Okay, yes. Yes. That yes. is one that I am very adamant about. Um, another team that. Made the playoffs last year that's favored to miss is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this is, I'm I'm curious your opinion. on. I think it's, I I know it's it's favored minus 400. Like, there's no shot that they're going to make the playoffs this year. I like their win total over because it's set so low. But why would you even touch this bet?
2: Well, because Mike Tomlin's been the head coach for 15 years. He's never had a losing record. So 9-8 is going to be right there on the club. They made Dude, it last year at 9 7 Do you remember
3: what had to happen for them Still, to win?
2: Still, I'm just saying.
3: They had to beat the Ravens in overtime. The Jaguars had to upset uh, the Colts, and the Raiders and Chargers game couldn't end up in a tie, which did go to overtime. Like, that was so lucky that the Raiders ended up coming Dang, up on top.
2: Stormy, there's three things I believe in. Def, taxes, and Mike Tomlin... As the head coach of the Steelers, winning more games than they lose. So you don't hate hate the
3: three to one. Yeah,
2: if I'm looking nine to eight as the worst possible outcome.
3: You got to give me more than that.
2: I'm just, I mean, why would you go against 15 years?
3: I love the Steelers. I love their win total over. I am not, three to one is not nearly enough to get me on board with this team being a playoff. Hear
2: me out for a second. Does nine and eight get into the playoffs? Because if their total is seven, yet Tomlin's never had a losing record in 15 years. Eight, eight and one would be the only. Well, no, yeah. They won nine
3: games last year and barely squeaked in.
2: Yeah, but did you watch Big Ben Roethlisberger last year? I I mean,
3: plus one ninety to have a winning record at DraftKings for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I'm never
2: betting against Mike Tomlin. I'm just telling you this. Last,
3: last, uh, what he's
2: done in Pittsburgh is remarkable.
3: Last team on this side of things is the Patriots. They are plus one sixty to make. And favored at minus 200 to miss the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I mean, anybody that decides that, okay, after 1,500 years of football, they're going to decide not to name a coordinator. And the two guys that could potentially call the plays are both defensive guys. One got a head coaching job via a special teams coordinator role. And he did tremendous in New York, right? Wasn't Joe Judge, like, unbelievable as the head coach of the Giants? No, that's why his butt's back in Foxborough. Wasn't Matt Patricia great as a head coach? No, that's why he's back in Foxborough Now, Bill Belichick is going to coin one of them to call the plays. I'm against everything Patriots this year.
3: They have only missed the playoffs four times. You're right. It'll be five.
2: It'll be five after this year. Okay. Who's the New England Patriots? Like, who's their best offensive weapon? But they got a decent backfield. But other than that, and I'm a Mac Jones guy. I like Mac Jones. But who is he throwing to?
3: I don't know. Some of their, I think their passing game should improve in general. Mac Jones How? should be better.
2: Who, right. But who is he throwing but to? But look at
3: some of their aud- additions. They added Devontae Parker, Taequann Thornton, getting Gianno Smith more involved. Yeah, Devontae
2: was good he was at Louisville. Yeah.
3: I don't know. Let's go to the opposite side of this. Teams that missed the playoffs last year but are favored to be in. Obviously, <laughs> the Chargers, a team we've talked about a lot in that market, Baltimore, Denver, and Indy. Non-playoff I'll teams. I'll take a year Baltimore
2: ago. not to make it.
3: See, that's interesting because so many people have futures bets on Baltimore to win the Super Bowl this year. People are very high on Lamar Jackson coming back in a contract year, even you, mm-hmm. one of those people. So why why are you? Not backsliding, but why are you looking at the opposite side of this now?
2: I just think they have one weapon on offense, and that's a tight end. And and then I think it's pretty pedestrian, especially a receiver. I mean, they're going to line up Rashad Bateman is your number one wide out. Now, I think they have a chance to be good on defense, but with the rule changes in the National Football League over the last five to seven years, I mean, great offense always has an advantage over great defense because you can't really... Out physical anybody because you're going to get flags, you know, which are going to extend drives. You know, I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan, but when they traded away Hollywood, you know, I mean, a receiving court that was already subpar, you know, went below average. And Sammy Watkins left, even though he's the older version of Sammy, I just, I mean, I, they got the tight end and what?
3: I mean, they're getting a lot of health back. They were one of the most, if not the most, injured teams in all of football last year. J.K. Dobbins is going to be a huge impact player coming back from his injury, right?
2: I just don't love running backs coming off of injuries that that put them out significant time. But I do like J.K. Dobbins, but this is not his first injury, if I'm not mistaken. I think he either got, towards either his last year of high school or, or one of those years, or early years of Ohio State, if I'm not mistaken, off the top of my head, but I, I just think they've done Lamar Jackson a disservice. Like I feel like if there was a team that should have been actively trying to acquire AJ Brown, it was Baltimore. It wasn't Philly.
3: Okay. I don't think people are giving the Colts enough respect here. What do you think?
2: Hmm? kill. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they they're obviously favored to make the playoffs, but I just I feel like that number Should be higher. Like, they have done everything right to be a playoff team, to have a winning record, to have a good season. Jonathan Taylor coming into year three should dominate, I feel like.
2: I like the Colts. Um,
3: You like the quarterback upgrade?
2: Yeah, I think, I don't know if Pittman's an up, I mean, I don't know if Matt Ryan's an upgrade over Carson Wentz. I think he might be a better fit.
3: That's a good way to phrase it. Yeah,
2: because I'm a big Carson Wentz guy, so I think he's going to have,
3: I'm surprised coming out of North Dakota State, you're a hater on North Dakota State. I'm not
2: a hater, North Dakota State guys. I don't hate Trey Lance. I actually said I think Trey Lance is in a very unfair situation, but but I I like the Colts. I do. I I like them. uh, I wish they were slightly more talented at receiver, but I do like Pittman. You know, but outside of that, I think they're getting a little old. You know, possibly.
3: They're going to hit a real snag in the road when they get to week three of this season because they open up the year against the Texans and Jaguars and then they're going to have a rude awakening with an AFC West
2: opponent. They're going to run all over (laughs) Kansas City. That game was in Indy too. Lucas Oil.
3: Well, I mean, yeah, we talked about the defensive issues for KC plenty. But that one, whatever the total is, I'm taking the over. That much I know.
2: Ten. It's in the ten. (laughs) I like it.
3: I meant, I meant the total in the game. Oh. In the matchup, week three. Oh, well,
2: they get the Jags. Offense on offense. Two times in the first run. six weeks. That's a good deal.
3: We're going to come back and get to some of our in pocket plays. All of mine seem to be in the futures market, but Sean keeps on rocking with this baseball. to determine the winner of any given college basketball game.
4: Someone gives you 10000 to one on anything. You take it. Take it. Take
6: it. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. No. Nope. Five to one. No. Nope. Ten to one. You're up. Right.
3: Recapping some of our in-pocket plays, things we've already talked about here earlier on the show, Sean, but for anybody that wasn't with us earlier, we have... For me, it's an ice cream bet because I do not smoke cigars. For you, you will be getting four cigars if your USF bowls come out on top. But no shot. I am backing BYU to beat USF. I do like, plus the points, I think that the 12, 12 and a half is perfectly fine. Um, they had a very close competitive game last year. But the Cougars aren't losing that game, Sean. I hate to tell you. Okay.
2: I hear what you're saying. I just know I was there last time BYU... Flew down to old good old Tampa, Florida. It actually was Jaron Hall's first start. First African-American to start at quarterback in the history of BYU. And it happened in Tampa in a game that I was coaching for the opposing team. And I'll just say he didn't play that well.
3: He doesn't have those game one jitters anymore. He's coming off his first full season as the starter. Had a lot of high expectations filling in for a guy like Zach Wilson. Now it's his team. He knows what's happening. I have confidence. They're going to have a great offensive line protecting him. Let's go, Cougars. This guy, he chants.
2: BYU gets bombed.
3: He chants in the commercial break, USF to me. No, my response was, USF and crazy, my friend. It's not going to happen. Also in pocket, like I mentioned last segment, Cardinals minus 120 to miss the postseason. I have no faith in this Arizona Cardinals team. I have no faith in Kyler Murray being able to lead the squad to the promised land, especially, I mean, I know that it's a weird thing, but that contract situation with the four hours required of independent study, you don't hear that about great quarterbacks ever. You do not need it in writing that you can't study and have a television on in the background or like the, the fact that playing video games is an issue potentially while you're studying film. No way. That is a massive cause for concern for me that this guy just relies on his talent and his talent dies out the back half of the game. Kyler, I
2: have a plan. Just give me a shout, and we're gonna come up with a wax figure that we can sit in a chair and they're gonna think it's you. And then you can go another room and get on Twitch and play <laughs> your video games and have a good time. Cause you know what? You already got the money.
3: Do you think that any any quarterback named Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manny, any of the greats? Would ever even contemplate needing that type of verbiage in their contract? I think not. Fade the Cardinals at all cost, John. What do you have in pocket?
2: I have Blue Jays, and I'm fading the Blue Jays. No, you're not. I'm fading them blindly. I'm. I'm I mean, not fading. Them. I'm following. You're following follow them. the money. Follow with me. I'm sorry. F fade follow. <laughs> I'm following the Blue Jays. That's what I meant to say. I'm blindly. I hope they. Take this thing all the way to mid-office. Let's get it while the getting's good. Also, I'm telling you guys, week one, college football, USF wins outright. Uh, That humidity, that heat is going to be blistering hot down in Tampa, Florida. USF will have the best skill position guys on the field. Generally, BYU has an advantage on the interior lines. That's not the case, in my opinion, because USF has three six-year guys on their offensive line, Brad Cecil, Demetrius Harris, Donovan Jennings, whoever's at quarterback, whether it be Bohannon or McClain for USF, I like both of those guys that have success. Best player on the field, wide receiver from USF, Xavier Weaver. Remember, I told you this. I know you can't bet the money line yet, but get that 12, because I think it's going down.
3: Sean has... USF bold green colored glasses on right now. I'm going to leave you, it at that. I will
2: holler at you about halftime and then I'm going to scream aye, at aye, you aye. as soon as the clock hits zero.
3: In Pocket presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out their daily specials posted afternoon Eastern at Uh A couple news items I want to get to here um but first actually we got a, a follow the money email in here that we apparently are given no love at all for the Dolphins uh Joe Delilio thank you for shooting us a note he said they're stacked on offense best receivers in the division and beefed up that offensive line so where's the love for Miami are we are we underselling this Dolphin squad with Tua
2: no I just think Miami is one of those teams that has to prove it you know I think if you're an advocate of Tua, if you're a person that's been back in Miami the last couple years, who kind of were, you know, one of the trendy teams, you know, Brian Flores, you know, had that defense heading in a specific direction, you know, from a positive sense. You want to be right. Uh, I I don't like Mike McDaniel as the head coach, you know, especially for this situation. I'm not in love with Tua, although I think he's a great guy. I don't think he's going to be an elite quarterback. You know, and now that Flores is gone, I don't know that that defense is going to be – as consistently above average as it has been. So I mean, I'm selling Miami Dolphins stock. You I'm, know, and they I'm, gotta prove me otherwise.
3: I'm all and I Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, I'm all about hyping up your quarterback, but is Hill putting a little too much pressure on Tua with all of the the comments that he keeps making about his accuracy and about the things that he can do? Like, I don't know. What what's your thought process on that? Because cool. I think that maybe we're getting a little overboard here.
2: Well, no offense. I'm not
3: hating on the Dolphins. I think that they're going to be fine this year. I just don't think that they're going to really compete to contend in that division.
2: No, I, no offense to our guy Aaron Ladd, who we had on earlier, but Tariq Hill went from living in Kansas City to living on South Beach. So, I mean, he's living his best life. I mean, there's nothing that happens during his day that can make him not smile. He got a bank account full of those hundred dollar bills and he's As got he whatever guys are
3: wiping tears they're wiping them with their brand new house
2: at. he just posted on instagram it's beautiful water everywhere i mean looking like tony montana walking around i mean he's happy to be at work i mean yeah had, Tua had hadn't underthrown him yet on a deep ball in a real game
3: Yeah, training camp just opened up let's right. slow our roll a little bit here
2: i mean he's exactly in this mental space he should be in
3: Seattle Seahawks running back Chris Carson uh, is retiring from the NFL after five seasons due to a a neck injury. Um, uh, Carson obviously had neck surgery last November. He was very hopeful that he would be able to get back this season, but um, they released Carson with a failed physical designation, so he will get that injury protection um, benefit-wise, which we're happy about, but that sucks. 27 years old really bright future ahead. So uh, yeah, had I a,
2: had see a, that. I think a 2,000-yard-plus seasons, you know, has struggled to kind of be healthy throughout his career. I don't think he's ever played a full season, you know, but a talented guy. Um, I'm glad Seattle, Seattle did right by him because it seems like, you know, they, they gave him an opportunity to go out, you know, with a, with a bag. So, so that's a good thing, you know, wishing him all the best and whatever he does next. And, you know, hopefully, you know, I've seen these things happen, maybe some time off. You know, heals it to a point where, you know, maybe he can, you know, play a game if that's something that he wants to do.
3: Yeah, I, I hope that he can do whatever he wants to moving forward. Just, you know, get as healthy as possible because that that is what this is all about, right? Is making mm-hmm. sure that you're ready for the rest of your life. Seattle, meanwhile, on the field this year will plow forward with Rashad Penny, former San Diego State back. The rookie, Kenneth Walker, the third. And so, I mean, the, the Carson injury now definitely reinforcing the selection at running back to go for Kenneth
2: Walker. And I also think it makes Kenneth Walker a viable rookie of the year candidate now because he's not splitting carries with, with Carson and Penny. It's just Penny. And Kenneth brings a lot of third down value to the table. He's explosive in the open field. You know, a guy like Drew Locke and a new system probably is going to resort to checking the ball down a lot more than if Russell was there. You know, who was holding the ball, you know, to, to push it down the field. You know, he's really good at that. So, you know, I, I think to me, this signals okay, let me
3: 12 to one on. S- right. Take a minute. closer
2: look at Kenneth Walker, you know, to, to be in contention for rookie of the year.
3: What do you think about the Seahawks in general this year? I mean, obviously, they're 18 to one in the NFC West for a reason, but is this just the down of all down years, like full? rebuild mode they have no shots see or... I think
2: Drew Locke's a six to eight guy okay you know he's a quarterback that's just good enough to get you to six to eight wins
3: i not so hard to believe I know we talked about some of these win totals the other day because yeah. you think the Falcons are going to go winless 0 for 9 the first nine weeks of the year Facts. I have a really hard time finding a lot of wins on the Seahawks schedule and if they don't I mean I just don't see it with Drew Locke personally or Geno Smith But if they don't have an answer at quarterback, which maybe this is something we can talk to with um, Mr. Mayoko at the end of the hour here, who is a 49ers insider um, on his thoughts on Jimmy Garoppolo. If he were to get released from San Francisco, if you're Seattle, do you just automatically rush to get Jimmy G or are you comfortable with what you have?
2: Well, I'm not sitting outside the corner store with a a vote for Drew lock sign. But what I'm saying (laughs) is he's like, I just, it's, it's, my experiences have taught me guys like Drew Locke because if you went by any random high school field, Stormy, and you saw Drew Locke throwing the ball, you'd be like, wow. But there's just a disconnect sometimes with him and making that talent consistently available on game day. But he is still talented. So that's why I call him a six to eight guy. Like he's just good enough to win six to eight games, not consistent enough to really you know, be a a consistent playoff caliber quarterback. But when you have DK Metcalf in a contract year, got Lockett on the other side, you know, they're not as good as they were on defense, but they still have some, some, some quality pieces over there. I like Kenneth Walker as a running back. I could see Seattle winning, you know, six games.
3: I don't know. Any hooser get 60% off all expert picks at winnersandwiners.com with the promo code VSEN HOME 60 at checkout. If you're tired of paying for losers, well, winners and winners' best bets are back with a win guarantee because nobody should have to pay for losing picks. Again, VSEN HOME 60 at checkout to get 60% off at winnersandwiners.com. Uh, we'll turn the page back to college football with-
4: Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network.
3: First bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with promo code Vegas1000 and receive $10 instantly and up to $1,000 bonus. Visit vsan.com slash horses for details. Use that bonus code Vegas1000 as my co-host here, Sean King, riding the ponies while I do the read. Welcome back to follow the money story about <laughs> and Sean King uh, here at downtown Las Vegas in Circa Resort and Casino. Time to get into some college footballs. We welcome in Thor Nystrom, college football analyst at Betting Pros, at ThorKU on Twitter. Welcome in, Thor.
4: Hey, guys. How you doing?
3: Great. Great to hear your voice on an early morning. Um, Let's talk some college football here. And obviously, you have a number of college conference previews out from a betting perspective. When you start to dive into your numbers and analysis, like where do you start? Are you looking at win total markets or just general futures odds markets or do you go into teams and conferences and take it in that approach what what do you do and what do you recommend for betters to do
4: yeah I'm I'm eventually looking at, at those win totals but that's not where I start where I start is running my numbers I'm getting the project you know first you start out by setting out the power ratings the power rankings and then you have your numbers for each team and I have an adjusted home field advantage number for every team so then I I, I create a, a, an adjusted spread for every single game, which gives me an adjusted win percentage odds for, for that game. And then you can sort of add those up to, to get a projected win total. And then, you know, the, the next thing is diving in deep on the teams, especially this off season. Cause as you know, there was an unprecedented amount of movement with, with both players and, and the coaches, but we, we never had transfers like this in the past. So, so this, this summer, in particular, it was really important to do the, the homework phase to even get a, you know, a good idea of where some of these kids ended up. Um, and then after that, you know, w- once you feel good about your numbers, then that's when you're looking at the totals and, you know, deciding which, you know, three or four in every conference that you like.
3: Well, when you we look at the top of the odds board, um, when it comes to the national championship coming into this year, the, the top three teams in college football seem very obvious to be Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia. Then we see a, a little bit of a drop-off. So who are some teams you think have the best potential to get that last college football playoff spot, assuming that none of those contenders have any slip-ups? Or do you even think that one of those top three teams maybe isn't necessarily the best option at the top? What do you think?
4: Yeah, I mean, of the top, Georgia's the one, of course, that you're going to have the most pessimism about just because they they just lost a historical amount of talent you know, on, on defense. They also lost several offensive playmakers as well. So we'll have to see how that shakes out. They'd be the one of the top three that I, I would fade. I think this Alabama team is going to be one of the best college football teams of my lifetime. I, I don't just think that they're the best team in the nation. I, I think that this could be a historically good team. Last year, most of their, their two deep was freshmen and sophomores. All those guys come back, and then they absolutely destroyed the transfer portal. So I, I, I think this coming season, it's going to be Alabama and then everybody else. And then, you know, as for some dark horses to, to make the playoffs, I'm, I'm not sure that, that they're considered a dark horse anymore, but I really like this Utah team. I, I, I think Utah has a fabulous chance to, to win the Pac 12, maybe go undefeated in the regular season, and ultimately be there. The, the only team that could potentially put a kink into that, I think, is, is USC but we got a long way to go to get there. Their offense is going to be awesome this year, USC's in the first year with Lincoln Riley. But the the defense is where you have the question. And if, if they're only average defensively, they're not going to be Utah on the road, which is where they're playing this year. So so they would definitely be one of them. Another one, and I almost hesitate to even say this because every time someone has said this the past five, six summers, they've come off looking like a doofus. I I, I think the other sleeper is Texas. You know, as Quinn Ewers, I I talked to an assistant on the Texas staff this offseason. He told me that Quinn Ewers has the best arm that he has ever seen. Not the best that he's ever coached or the best that he's ever been around personally. The best that he's ever seen. Um, and, and they have so many offensive pieces back. In addition to that, Bijan Robinson's the best running back in America. Xavier Worthy's one of the best receivers in America. They got this kid, Nair, from, from Wyoming, who's a really good receiver as well. They brought in another, another one from Iowa State, another one from Alabama. Their receiving core is stacked. They also brought in a tight end that, that they got from Alabama. So they're, I mean, they, they are really well-stocked. That's a team as well th- th- that I think could surprise people. They're in my preseason top 10 of my power ratings.
2: You know, Thor, I'm with you with all the talent at Texas, but until they find that voodoo doll that's inside the football building that's prevented them from ascertaining their previous level of success, I, I won't believe it until I see it. But I don't want to get away from Utah quite yet because I have a question. Because Stormy extremely high on Kyle Winningham's squad as well. She even likes Kim Rising, you know, as maybe a potential Heisman contender. But what? was your initial thought when you saw the opening line for the week one game at Florida? You know, Florida's supposed to be in a rebuild. Billy Napier, his first game there, but yet Utah's only a two-point favorite. Did that line make you think twice?
4: I don't think so. No, I mean you know you have to travel across the country. We haven't seen that Florida team yet, so so there's a lot of sort of variance there, just because you don't know how it's it's going to play out. Richardson playing full time, we'll we'll see how that goes. Last year, obviously the the platoon with Emory didn't didn't go very well, but I you know objectively I I think that's a fair line just because of that travel and and because Florida is going to be a strong team. We don't know how strong, but they, they're they're going to be a strong team. And you talk about a game with national implications like. The the rest of Utah's schedule, I I, I have them favored. I've, I'm looking at my sheet right now. I have them favored in every game this year. My numbers have Utah as the two and a half point favorite. You know, obviously, as you suggested, the the Vegas line is is flipped on that. I I only have they're only close in one other game. I have them as a one and a half point favorite at Oregon. But every other game, I I think I I have them as a touchdown plus favorite the the rest of the way.
3: Well, and that's just another example in my mind why that week one game is going to be so important for Utah to handle business so that they do get put on that national stage and get in a lot more people's mouths to talk about this team and to talk about um, the potential for where they could go and if they could be the first Pac-12 team to make the college football playoff. You mentioned USC and them being maybe that potential team to stand in the way. Um, As far as the win totals go for them, I think 10 is asking for a little bit too much for a team that won just four games a season ago. And I know you talked about the overhaul, um, but the challenges on defense that you also mentioned seem a little bit too hard for, in my mind, for them to overcome, despite how good and powerful and explosive we know that offense is expected to be.
4: Yeah, 10 10 is too high. And and this is coming from someone that's bullish on USC. I, I absolutely am. My numbers are, I, I think, as bullish as you can possibly get on them because I have them as one of the most improved teams in the nation. But even so, I mean, like you mentioned, what, you know, where you're coming from, they went four and eight last year. You have only three returning starters on defense. So even though we acknowledge the offense is going to be very good right away, I, I don't know how you can feel the same way about the defense. They didn't bring in the star power and the transfer portal on the defensive side of the ball that they did on, on you know, on the defensive side of the ball that they, that they that they did on the offensive side of the ball that unit has to coalesce for them to be able to compete with a team like Utah or, you know, I mean, going down the line, Oregon, or even Washington, right? Like those teams, if you, if you can't stop anyone, you know, Kalen DeBoer now at at Washington, the the offense should be better there. They could give them problems, but I, my numbers have them 33rd um, overall, which is a bump up of 37 spots from where they finished last year. They finished 70th in my power ratings last year. And and speaking to the thing of, of the 10 wins, my adjusted uh, win total for them is 8.8 this year, which, again, I, I feel like is pretty bullish. It's more than double they had last year, but I, I can't get to 10, no.
2: You know, so I think a lot of this is because at Oklahoma, Lincoln had a couple teams that kind of resembled this USC team. Great on offense, you know, Swiss cheese on defense, and they still find a way to win, you know, 10, 11, 12 games. Having said that, and we only have about a minute and a half left, or I know there was a, a non-Power 5 team that you were high on. We were talking about, you know, right before we started this segment, talk us through Toledo and your, your opinions, you know, on the ball club.
4: Yeah. The, the Rockets are one of my favorite overs uh, so far that I've gone through on, on the entire card. The, the, the number that I had seen was 7.5. That is too low. Um, In my opinion, eight is too low as well. My projected win total on them is 10. They have basically everyone back last year from a team that was pretty dang good. They're going to be better this year that, you know, the starting quarterback last year, uh, Daquan Finn, that took over for Carter Bradley, Gus's son. The, the first three games with Carter Bradley, they were not very good on offense. And then once Daquan Finn t- took over, the offense just took off. He had like a 19 to one touchdown to interception ratio. They they also bring back most of the guys on defense. They added a, a top 10 linebacker recruit that, that had signed with Ohio State a couple years ago. So their defense is going to be better too. And then the schedule they play is just absolute garbage. They do have to play at Ohio state. That's the one tough one, but the other non-con games, it's like home against Long Island, home against UMass, et cetera. And then the, the, the Mac, there aren't teams that, that I, I would put up with, with Toledo there in, in in the Mac play. I have Toledo as at least an eight and a half point favorite in every single game. Wow! So if I, I am really bullish on that team. I think they're going to win the Mac this year. And I think they have a strong shot at double digit wins
3: tremendous, tremendous insight today. Really appreciate you, Thor. Thanks for the time.
4: Appreciate you guys.
3: That's Thor Nystrom, college football analyst with betting pros at Thor KU on Twitter. Follow him because he does post on his Twitter feed a lot of those conference previews that he has. And that's about as good an as analysis as, as you can get as we head into this college football season. We're going to go back to the NFL as we close out our final hour here on Follow the Money with Matt Mayoko, insider for the 49ers on NBC Sports Area. What's going on with Jimmy G and Debo? We'll find out next.
1: Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall.
5: And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year,
4: VSEN, the sports betting network.
3: Wrapping things up here on Follow the Money. Remember, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is serving up big wins with our new weekly profit boost on all tennis wagers. Visit BetRivers.com or download the Bet River Sportsbook app every Wednesday to receive a 20% profit boost on any tennis wager. That's right. Every Wednesday, automatically, you're getting a 20% profit boost. And now you can even live stream your favorite tennis players right from the Bet Rivers app. Heat up your summer with the Bet River Sportsbook app. It's a whole new game. Stormy Bond and Tony and Sean King in for Mitch and Paulie as we welcome you back to downtown Las Vegas at Circa Resort and Casino. As a lifelong San Francisco 49ers fan myself and somebody who cannot get out, of her own way in backing her team (laughs) as well. Um, There are a lot of off season storylines and question marks that now that training camp is getting underway, we're finally going to get some answers to, and right now we'll get some of those answers as well with the help of Matt Mayoko covers the 49ers for NBC Sports Bay Area at Mayoko NBCS on Twitter. And Matt, I want to start, of course, with the Jimmy G saga as this rolls on, because from the moment that the 49ers elected to trade up and pay what they were going to pay to get Trey Lance in in the draft a year ago, we knew the writing was on the wall for Jimmy G. He got to learn uh, behind Jimmy last season, and now we're just trying to figure out what happens with Garoppolo as he is on his way out. What's the latest that you have learned?
6: Well, the latest is last yesterday. Uh, yesterday afternoon, he underwent a physical and was medically cleared by the 49ers medical staff, and he had already been cleared by his own independent doctor. So the 49ers you know, did have a $7.5 million, or Grapple, I should say, had a $7.5 million injury guarantee where the 49ers couldn't cut him unless they were willing to pay him that $7.5 million. So as of yesterday, they could cut him and not owe him a penny. They still obviously would like to get something for him. Uh, they've repeatedly said that they don't want to just, you know, let a good player hit the street. But at this point, I just I don't know what the other solution is. When I I asked Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch yesterday if Garoppolo has requested his release, and John Lynch said he hadn't, and that things you know that everybody was on the same page, it kind of led me to believe that. You know they're going to make a, a last-ditch effort to try to trade him. If there are no takers, then you know him being uh, somebody who was a good teammate last year and somebody who has a good rapport with the organization, and it sure sounds like he and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are are all on okay terms. I mean, I, I just don't know that they would. I just don't think it's wise to leave him twisting in the wind until you know, the final cuts, if he survives the final cuts, his salary becomes guaranteed $24.2 million. Yeah. I just don't know that it makes sense for anybody to kind of keep him with the team, against his will. And so I I just think something's going to happen sooner than later, but I don't expect him to ever step on the practice field with the 49ers. I certainly don't expect him to play in a preseason game. It's just too big of a risk because they're going to need that $24 million down the road when they look to get Debo Samuel, a contract extension, which should be coming up shortly. And then a year from now, Nick Bosa.
2: Yeah, that was going to be my next question, Matt. It seems like since the NFC Championship loss to the Rams, I'm not going to use turmoil, but maybe tension has surrounded this 49ers team. Debo was very public about his usage rate and how he'd like to play more receiver and less running back. Yet Raheem Mostert, who I think is extremely talented, although he's been injured, left to go to the Dolphins. So now more of the load falls on Eli Mitchell. Trey Lance. They've announced him as their starting quarterback. Basically, is that because of what he's shown them as a forty nine er, or because of what they gave up to acquire him?
6: Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think that you know Kyle Shanahan said yesterday they made the decision a year ago of, of how they were going to approach this. Like when they when they gave up all they gave up to move up to number three overall in the twenty twenty one draft. You know, they did it with the idea of, we'll see how year one goes, but year two, it's going to be Trey Lance. And there was a point last season where they almost made the move to go to Trey Lance. And it was at a time when the 49ers were struggling. And then Jimmy Garoppolo, I believe at that point, Trey Lance was a little bit banged up. And so they continued with Garoppolo. The 49ers got hot. They go to the playoffs. I think when you look at what Trey Lance did last year, he was injured. You know, he had a a finger injury that kind of prevented him from from throwing the ball that great in practices. He got healthy later in the year, and you heard behind the scenes how he was impressing teammates, offensive and defensive teammates, as well as the coaching staff with how he was picking things up, how he was performing, how he was at times carving up the 49ers defense. And then he got in week 17 for a crucial game against the Houston Texans. Obviously not a, not a good team, but Gropplo is injured. And after kind of a rough first half, he played very well in the second half The 49ers win that game going away. And then that sets up the week 18 game where Garoppolo comes back and they beat the Rams and make it into the playoffs. So yeah, I, I think when you, you know, the NFL is a business and, and when you, invest the kind of capital, both draft capital and, and everything else, emotional capital, really too, in a, a young guy, you, you just can't have him sit two years in a row, especially coming off of you know a college career where he only played in one season in college. So I, I do think that they've been impressed with the, what they've seen behind the scenes, both with him uh, and his maturity, as well as his, athletic skills and his ability to pick up the offense. But I I think they were probably going to force him to the forefront, regardless of how, how everything else was going. You just have to, at some point, you know, rip the bandaid off and Mm -hmm. that time has arrived where the 49ers have decided, okay, this is, this is what we're going to do. This is the quarterback we're going to do it with. And the good news for him and I think the good news for the organization, there's a pretty good supporting cast. So he doesn't have to do everything this season all by himself.
3: So that's where I'll go next because Trey Lance has been somebody that's gotten a lot of betting love in the MVP market because his odds are very long mm. and he has that great supporting cast and build around him with the team. The win total for the 49ers is set at 10. They're the second very close betting favorite behind the Los Angeles Rams, who just won a Super Bowl. Um, and in the Super Bowl odds, the fourth betting favorite on the board so very very high expectations for a young guy who's legitimately only had three starts in the last three years so what would you call a successful season for him
6: well i mean it's i guess it's difficult to kind of figure out how the season is going to play out and, and how you know what a successful season is i i I mean, I, I think he, it's just what's the win total, you know, is he doing enough to help the team win? Um, you know, I, I would, I would expect that he would, you know, he would take care of the football pretty well. I, I think you're going to have, you know, I don't know what kind of numbers um, he's got some weapons on offense. I mean, he has three guys, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon, Ayuk, who are all very capable of, putting up a thousand yard receiving seasons, you know, is, is each of those guys going to have a thousand yards? Probably not. Cause then that would put, that would put uh, Trey Lance up there around the, the 4,000 yard mark. I'm sure passing wise, which isn't out of the question, but four always want to run the ball too. And so if they're winning football games you know, Trey Lance probably won't be putting up big numbers, he, he might be running the ball as much um, on either designed runs or the second reaction runs and, and the scrambles um but I I, I really think it's, it's just simply that is he doing enough to help the 49ers win 10 plus games and get into the playoffs it's gonna be it's, fascinating it's,
2: it's gonna be fascinating yeah, to watch totally. Matt Matt it's gonna be fascinating it's to question. watch. Yeah, we have we have a. That's about
6: th- why, John, I think I, I was going to say, Sean. I, I think the Forty Nineers have the most interesting team in football
2: right now. Yeah, I, I agree. They're one of them. We got about thirty seconds left. I know you kind of mentioned in passing earlier that Debo. You expected that deal to get done. Can you give us a quick update on where they are with the contract extension for Debo Samuel?
6: Yeah, so he reported to camp yesterday. Uh, I asked Kyle Shanahan straight out, "Are you and Debo?" on the same page, or have you guys spoken about how he's going to be used this season? You know, is it going to be a carryover from the second half of the season where he was used, you know, as a wide receiver or a running back? And what what he said was Debo and I are on the same page. So mm. there are, you know, the communication is open. Uh, those two have always had a really good relationship. So the for hit the practice field today. I would not expect Devo Samuel to be on the practice field until he has that contract extension worked out and, and done, uh, You know, kind of more of like a hold-in kind of situation. And I do think maybe the target would be Monday. That's when the 49 put pads on for the first time. I would think that something will be happening here, I, I, would, I would guess, within a week that something will be done and Debo Samuel will be locked up to be a member of the 49ers for the foreseeable future. Matt, we are up
3: against it, but thank you so much for the time.
6: All right, Stormy. Sean, thank you for having me.
3: Yeah, hopefully we can see if that trade request will look like a distant memory for San Francisco. That's a wrap for fall.